Was there maybe something that did happen that we didn't get to see? From one icon to another, let me just say that the sexual tension between me and RuPaul Charles smelt like a burnt cheese toasty. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I'm Davina and I'm Ricky and welcome to Fierce Slay Talk, a decamp podcast where we'll be catching up with some familiar faces from the drag world and beyond, whilst delving deeper into the obstacles life has thrown at them in the journey of becoming fabulous. So shall we begin? This week, Placing ninth by her own choosing. Yes, we are delighted to have just the right balance of sweet and sharp for you. The non-binary drag queen of the UK with a sense of humour. I'll fucking kill you for that later. <laughs> Let's have a slice of Ginny Lemon! Hiya, Bob's fancy slow! <laughs> oh, yeah, you've heard it, you've heard it. I've to do it, you know it. Of course you do, they all do. I'm running out of slices here. <laughs> I don't really want a slice. I want the whole cake, to be completely honest. Well, you can stand in the queue. There's a pandemic on you now. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. How have you been since last night? Are you relieved? Oh, I've got. It's like letting out the biggest fart. The relief is <laughs> real. Obviously, I've been sitting on a secret. So, um, it's it's great. I feel so happy that it's out and that. The, you know, the the truth, the truth will out. And I, I feel great. I feel on top of the world. I feel fabulous. Oh, good. Well, it's wonderful to see you. And congratulations on getting ninth place. You guys have worked <laughs> together before, haven't you? So you you guys are familiar with each other already. Oh, absolutely, darling. What is, I think it was 1874 we did our first rodeo, <laughs> wasn't it? <laughs> when everything was black and white. So what was it like to work with Davina? Terrible, absolute diva. Um, She slapped me across the face um, with um, a mouldy aubergine, vegan option for a fish. And um, (laughs) no, no, it's of course, Davina is a darling, a darling, an absolute professional, which I appreciate because I think some people can play the clown but often can't play the professional. And if you can do both, darling, you've got it. Oh, I mean, that's very kind. And then what was Ginny like? Was she ever the professional and the clown at the same time? Absolutely. Yeah, Ginny was and is a force to be reckoned with on the the old (laughs) stage, on them old floorboards, dear. Uh, uh, You're never entirely sure what's going to happen, but it's always going to be good fun in my experience. Me either. Me either. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, definitely. Was it just the once that you guys have worked together? Oh, do you know what? I think we have been slightly passing ships in the night, haven't we? I think we've known each other for a long time as known of each other. And then I think it must have been the once. But I mean, they all blur into one, really. It could have yeah, been. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. one of, you know, with prides and stuff like that, you can't, everybody's sort of there and then you have to disappear because yeah. you're either onto yeah. something else or actually you're already drunk. Right. With your head yeah. in a bucket by the time you've got yeah, off stage. Gone, gone. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, definitely blackout, blind, drunk. So, <laughs> yeah, it probably was just the once, though, that we've actually been in the same place at the same time. I know that's probably, I think, although, were we in Birmingham together? Were you in Birmingham the same time? Joe, I think that was the first 
time that we've done a show we've done shows together but we've always just like passed each other i think that's yeah. always been the case we've never had chance to like have a little chat you know have a packet of crisps and have a little gossip in a bitch we haven't had chance to do that yet but we will we will absolutely you will you must have a gin together is that also is that where your i'm guessing where your drag name came from is it do you like a gin well i did you know it's it's the past is the past but i did have a little <laughs> reputation for having um the odd ginny the on little ginny ginny every now and again and i'd always have a slice so i think um i got the name ginny from drinking quite a lot of gin knocking it back to be honest and um, so Ginny and then I just thought I'd add a little slicey last name onto it and lemon and it kind of just stuck from there. People said to me, oh, it won't catch on. Really? Mm. And yeah. then now we have the whole persona. <laughs> I know. I, that's, I'm just doing it to prove him wrong, really. It's just spite. <laughs> <laughs> who, who was it who said it? Oh, that won't catch on. Come on. Name and shame. I want to know. Uh, the close circle. I remember when I said to them, I was thinking about having a, a catchphrase and I said, fancy a slice? They're like, I don't get it. They're like, no, I don't, I, don't, I don't get it. And I was like, well, you know, fuck you. I'm just going to go do it anyway. Going to do it anyway. But I mean, that is always my attitude, isn't it? Let's be honest. That's so bizarre. That's so... I don't... How do you, one, not understand fancy a slice from the name Jimmy Lemon? <laughs> and then... And then, oh, that won't catch on. All right. Fucking hell. Yeah, yeah, People yeah. People are fucking weird. Now, your signature look is a, a sort of very pale almost white face <laughs> with blue eyebrows and a kind of monochromatic yellow clothing. So mm -hmm. wh what, what, um, this is a choice. How did this choice come about? What was, what was the decision making behind Coming that? from you, you cheeky <laughs> bitch. No, I mean, oh my like, God. I mean, like you're standing around, you're looking at, you know, people like Marty, you're looking at, um, exactly. So what was the decision making? Thank you. Uh, what? <laughs> what was the decision making uh, process to go? Okay, this is the look I'm going to go for. Well, originally it was white when I put it on. I just keep pissing myself. So I mean, <laughs> basically, it was really. It's quite a. Um, it's it's a bit of a mixture of a story. I was um, somebody when I was young. They said to me that I was too fat and ugly to ever wear yellow, and it kind of stuck with me for years. Um, and then when it came about two thousand sixteen, when I started drag, um, my sister died, and it was that was the way of me kind of escaping reality, really. And um, I later found out that you know yellow is the non-binary color. I was able to be completely genderless. I was able to also protect myself and to heal myself and that's why I surround myself in the acrid piss of yellow um it's for me to you know protect and also to to shine and just to eradicate all those negative comments you know that I would have heard and just a big um you know up yours to anybody that has anything negative to say love that and then the white face <laughs> well the face <laughs> Have you seen that episode of The Simpsons where Homer invents the Marge Simpson makeup gun and he just goes, yes! well, that's that, that's that, that's what it is. I wanted to poof, quick. <laughs> I, uh, I bought the machine, it was fabulous. Um, well, the the face, the, the face, the face. Uh, I have this picture of, of, of um, uh, Faye Dunaway playing Joan Crawford in Mummy Dearest. <gasps> so I, I literally have the picture, you know, with the, 
<laughs> so I had that picture staring at me for years. So this is me trying to look like Joan Crawford. But I think I ended up more like Betty Davis in Baby Jane. <laughs> so, so the Ginny Lemon look obviously has, got, has become quite iconic now, but it's not the first time that we've seen it on TV though, is it? Because you visited Simon Cowell, didn't you, in 2017? No, it wasn't me. It was Sue Pollard. Honestly, people think it was it me, was but it was Sue definitely Pollard. Sue Pollard. Yeah, definitely Sue Pollard. You made it all the way to boot camp, though, as well. Um, <laughs> and then I walked which was off. <laughs> amazing. I know. How how was it being? Well, how does being in front of Simon Cowell compare to being in front of RuPaul? <laughs> Good question. Well, um. Let, well, I will give you a bit of just... I'm holding a set of false teeth for some unknown reason. So, um, I... Oh, she do. <laughs> she just keep it up safe in case I laugh them out again. Um, so, when I... A little uh, uh, secret, I suppose, the celebrity tidbit, is that when I'd finished my audition, um, after the producers contacted me to take part in X Factor, just add that in. Um, so, once I'd finished my audition, I... Um, actually went outside and had a cig with Simon. So we were chatting for like probably about half an hour, 45 minutes. And Simon is is just absolutely adorable. <laughs> like is absolutely amazing. So um, yeah, I was surprised that I had that sort of connection and a lovely intimate moment, a lovely intimate moment between me and Simon Cowell. <laughs> God, the papers. Um so yeah, I was I was very glad of that. Um, but the the only intimate ro uh, moments I had with RuPaul happened quite a few years ago at an orgy. So I've still not quite uh, forgiven her for not using the Crisco that I asked her politely to use. So yeah. <laughs> spit is not the one when you're really in the mood. So while we're, while we're on this while we're while we're comparing, what about Michelle Visage and Sharon? Well, being around about the same age, I really wouldn't put, put them together, really. I wouldn't want to pit them off against one another. So what could I say? Um, they've both had fabulous work. <laughs> Is that OK? Can I say that? Is that acceptable? I guess so. I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> I'm just jealous. I, I want it. That's why I'm. On, that's why I'm going on reality TV. So I'm getting teeth done. Get a bit of Botox in this old mug of mine. <sighs> so you you disappear onto Drag nah. Race. Make a cup of tea. Yeah. Make a cup of tea. What was it that you told everybody that you were going to be doing? Because you know this is not a. Oh, uh, a very oh, small amount of time. The what cover was your story. cover story? Uh, the cover. Well, I think my cover story is so close to the truth; it's uncanny. I said that I was going to Prague to uh, be take part in a witch's coven, which was going to be a spiritual journey. And I mean, the witch's coven and the spiritual journey bit. I mean, apart from the location, it's pretty pretty close to life, really. <laughs> <laughs> and do you know what? Nobody questioned me. They were like, well, yeah, of course. That's the yeah. best thing. They were like, well, yeah, well, you know. I when mean, am it's, I brooming? It's fair, because as soon as you get off the runway, RuPaul does, in fact, scream out, you may remove your things! <laughs> Just the same, the Grand High Witch. Which one? Which one? <laughs> <laughs> 
And of course, there, there was the Kate Bush mentions as well, wasn't there? Which kind of like yeah. into just, all of that as just well. Just a few, just but a, a spoke few. machines. You know, I I loved it because um, something that I'm so glad they kept it in. I'm so glad they kept it. In. I can't remember who who said it. I think it was I think it was Lorraine Kelly that said very Kate Bush, mm. and then Michelle had something yeah. to say like, "Oh, well, we've heard that before." And I thought, I was like, "Hang on, wait a minute." I'm listening to people say it's too much Kate Bush as if it's a bad thing. Yeah. So that was yeah. like the boof. See you later, babies. <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> out of here. <laughs> so to be like to to dress as Kate on the runway, um, was was amazing, and then to be referred to as Kate Bush, you know, I've, I mean, the, the highest icon, really. Like, thank you, thank you. I'm a massive Kate Bush fan. What's What's your favourite track of Kate Bush's? Well, I say this without any sense of irony, but I believe my favourite Kate Bush track is Burning Bridge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely Burning Bridge. That is definitely my favourite track. <sighs> but obviously, it's very hard for me because I have this this thing in my head where I'm constantly competing between Tori Amos and Kate Bush because I just yeah. love them both so much. But of course, if I had the option to do any... Uh, gay icon, I would have done Tori Amos. But it was the UK gay icon, so I had to do Kate Bush. Did you get to see her when she was at the Hammersmith? Do you know what? Not only did I get to see her twice, <laughs> I was very lucky, but I actually proposed to my husband during the uh, the final song, Cloud Busting, uh, at a Kate Bush show. So I did propose to my husband at a Kate Bush show and... You know, he said yes, so it's all... I just knew that something good was going to happen. <laughs> oh, my God! That's incredible! Amazing. That's fantastic. Yeah, and then the second really time is. we went to see her, PJ Harvey was sat behind me, and I thought, look how far I've come. I managed to get tickets for her, um, but when I'd, when I'd booked them, uh, the timer had run out, so I'd oh. got row... I'd got row A right oh, in the God. middle... Oh, God. And then it, it timed out on my last three. As I was putting in the three numbers on the back of your card, it timed out on me. I'd got four tickets right in the middle. I remember the day. I remember the anxiety. I remember when it was released. I remember that. When was it? It was like 2000. It was a while ago. 2014, yeah. maybe. Um, yeah. And it was like, I remember that tense. I've never had such a tense ticket buying, you know, apart from my show tonight. Uh, <laughs> I've never seen such ticket sales. <laughs> I still got tickets, but I was way back instead of being right at the front. Yeah, but, I think uh, uh, the the first time I was in the nosebleeds, but the second time, thank goodness, yeah. I was third row from the front. She looked at me Amazing. and she said, "Hiya, Ginny, I fancy a slice. I'll see you in a bit." It was great. <laughs> great friends. Great friends. <laughs> oh, I do. Do you think that she's somebody that you would do if if you'd have made it to Snatch Game? Or maybe Tory or somebody completely different. <clears throat> well, do you know what? It's it's always been a toss-up in my head because I am quite known for a song that I do called Scylla Black. Um, so I would... <laughs> I, which is a very um, respectful ode to the wonderful Scylla. Um, so I would have been doing myself a, a disservice if I didn't do Scylla. But I also really wanted to do the Mona Lisa. Because I thought that would have been quite good as well. Go on, give me a question like they do on Snatch Go and I'll answer like Mona Lisa. Go on, do it. All do right, it, do it. So, okay. uh, Shirley has got such big tits, she keeps them in her blank. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I mean, good, isn't it? That's, that's a really good Mona Lisa, that, I think. <laughs> yeah, I'm so it. as this is a podcast, it's just a, a very good visual impression. Of oh, is it a podcast? I didn't I thought you were filming this. Oh, we are, but... You know, oh. we like to do a bit of everything here. Well, does that mean I can smoke then or what? Well, you can do whatever you want, Ginny. <laughs> it's your house. Welcome, I'm having my tea. Oh, God, I'll have a fag, Jude. Yeah, it's my house, isn't it? We don't mind. Yeah, you have we your don't tea, mind. I'll have a fag. So can we hear um, the Scylla impression? Well, surprise, surprise, it's me, a Scylla Black. What's it all about, Alfie? You know, I've had sex with all the Beatles. I've even licked their Ringo Starr. <laughs> oh, I really wish I'd have got to have seen that. A little, well, you will. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not on telly, but you could always see me on, on, on other things. Absolutely. Yeah, of yeah, course you can. We're, we're never going to get to see Scylla Black, are we, ever again? Because she's well, no, she's no dead. longer with us. Yeah, she's and dead. Yeah. yeah. There's something else that. There were whispers about, and I don't think we got to see it. I'm not going to ask you straight out, but um, was there maybe something that did happen that we didn't get to see? Nothing that I could talk about. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, babes. I mean, the cameras were there, weren't they? I was there. I mean... I know. You saw what you saw. There's no reading between the lines. I'm not saying that I was the toxic viral witch that cast Corona upon the set and <laughs> shut it down. I'm not saying that. But the papers might. <laughs> it was more that there were whispers in the papers about a bird being flipped at some point. And I feel like I've missed a, a televisual nugget. Unless that comes later, Treat. which obviously hey. I wouldn't know. <laughs> Hey, listen, as long as they're veggie nuggets, you'll never miss a nugget with me. <laughs> I, um, well, I don't want to answer that question. I think I'll and just leave that it up to the, to the, <laughs> and the viewers could just make up their own decision. But from one icon to another, let me just say that the sexual tension between me and RuPaul Charles smelt like a burnt cheese toasty. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Um, towards the end of yesterday's um, episode, you told Rue um, that you had recently been diagnosed with fibromyalgia. Uh, I can't even say it. Put your teeth in, Nana. My... Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't do it. Fibromyalgia. Fibromyalgia. So... <laughs> For the viewers listening at home, I put in my silly teeth. <laughs> For those of us that, d- that don't know what that is, would you just explain that? Yeah, of course. Fibromyalgia is um, is a condition with basically chronic pain that's brought on. For me, it was brought on by post-traumatic stress of dealing with the death of my sister. So it affects me in various different ways. It's still something that is so closely entwined with my drag race journey because I was diagnosed around about the same time that I um, got the call to to be on drag race. So um, I'm still learning to to cope and deal with it uh, the best I can, really. But um, I'm glad I said it because it, it obviously raises awareness, but I'm not saying it as a, an excuse or anything like that. It was just literally something that it w- was happening in my life at the time and is still of affecting course. me now. There's been some really great research being done about fibromyalgia recently, like the last few years, hasn't there? And then yeah. people like uh, Gaga talking about it yeah. really yeah. helps to just uh, create the conversation around it. 
And I'm all about creating conversation. Do you think that added any extra pressure for you in an already tough competition? Mm, I didn't put that pressure on myself because I felt like I was there to do the best job that I could do. And if I reached a personal limitation of what I couldn't take anymore, then I wouldn't take it. I'm not going to um, beat myself up uh, about something that I physically can't do because of my condition. I'm just going to celebrate my successes and take a rest when I need to take a rest. Good. So the whole experience, was it kind of what you were expecting? Was it harder? Was it easier? No. Was it what, what was it that you were expecting? Well, I was expecting that we would be laid down on a large kind of uh, um, conveyor belt and that, um, that we would be kind of like juice, like kind of cakes, <laughs> and that we'd get layers of icing and stuffed with jam and, and then we'd be packaged nicely and sent out to the nation. So I had no idea. And then when I when I heard that there wouldn't be any chasing of any live pigs, I thought, well, what am I doing here? You know, it's just pigs in wigs. But the, I mean, the one thing, oh, my goodness, I am not a morning person. But to get up in the morning and do what we've got to do. I mean, it took a lot of strength. I may have looked very cheery, but I tell you what, I was fuming, raging in the morning, raging. Because it's not a late start. Every day is really long. It's yeah. not a late start. It is early. It is long. It is yeah. a late finish every well, single yeah. day. Which, <clears throat> then having fibromyalgia, that must have made it harder in some ways. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I couldn't I couldn't sleep the whole time I was there. So, like, I had oh, terrible God. sleep. Because I would then go back to the hotel room and be in pain. And my head would be... Fuzzy, it would, I would have the fibro fog, so my head would be completely disorientated. And I didn't have that support network at home, which I'm so grateful that I have. And, um, mm. to, you know, even to... I, I'm here now in my office come, like, day bed, so I can come here and have a little chill when I'm feeling a bit a bit rough. But there was, there was none of those opportunities. So I kind of did put myself through the ringer a little bit, but that's probably because I wasn't thinking about it. I was just like, I'll keep going. No, next next week, because um, we've seen, obviously, the preview at the end of, of last night's episode, next week we'll see coronavirus shutdown production. Do you think, like, in a way, were you relieved, like, to not have to sort of have that break in the competition and then still <laughs> have that anticipation to have to go back? Oh, or God. would you have liked to have seen it to the end? No way, no way, no way, no way. Oh, my God, I was so, like, imagine, like, the absolute stress and trauma that it puts you under the idea of going on to Drag Race and then having to go home knowing what you know and then waiting like there is i mean mentally i don't think i could have like gone through it because i would have still you'd still be in that game face for it's it's been almost a year now since mm. the the ball i mean for me it's been almost a year to the day it's my birthday tomorrow and i found out on my birthday so it's like it's almost a year to the day so i was like i couldn't imagine being in that as a competitor knowing what i know now nah nah not not my bag no, thank you. Nana's out. I need a cup of tea and a lie down and to click my trotters. You had a you had a conversation with Bimini um, about being non-binary. I I um, describe myself as non-binary. That's and I've been talking about it for like you know twenty yeah. years. Yeah. Um, that's probably the first time there have been conversations about people who are non-binary. And there have been non-binary people talking on television. It was the first yeah. time that I felt like it had been spoken about on television and it had actually uh, 
kind of explained really what it means. You know, it was like the first time where somebody explained it as uh, something that makes sense, you know, rather yeah. than it being really wishy-washy. It felt like yeah. actually this is somebody uh, speaking truth. Um, so I want to say thank you for that because that was an incredibly Aww. important moment for television. What's that like now looking back at it? Because like you said, that was like a fucking year ago. So yeah, now yeah. you're looking back at that happening. Um, are you happy with how the conversation uh, came about? And and are you happy with everything that you said in the conversation? Are there things that you would have rather have said? No, I think... I think... It, it, it's hard for me to think about this and to process this because I was not expecting the absolute overwhelming response that people have had to, to that conversation. In that time, I was a human having a conversation with another human and I was just expressing my fears and thoughts in a very intense environment. I did not know at all that it would have an impact and I've had heard so many stories about people coming out and even what you just said then, you've kind of just explained to me why people have affected so much is that it's you've I've apparently just explained what it's like to feel like a non-binary person, a gender fluid person, a, a queer person. It's so, although it was so raw and hard for me to watch myself crying on screen, not Ginny, not anything else. It was, you know, no makeup, no nothing. It was, it was me. So just despite how raw that was, I had to take that energy and think, well, I'm seeing this response. This is giving people a voice. This is giving people an understanding. Then I need to, you know, deal with that and then use that voice because there are so many people out there who haven't got that voice. And I've, I've struggled. We've all struggled. Like, I, I know of your struggles. We've gone through it. Like, we have gone through it so much. So to have that conversation, I think, well, why not? Like, if, if I can't make Rue laugh, then at least I can make them talk about breaking the binary, you know? So I was go I was going to ask, how do you think people like people can be better allies, like for me and, and others to well, non-binary I, people? <clears throat> I think it's very interesting because I'm I'm always I think the big the big thing that everyone gets like flummoxed about is is pronouns and saying the correct pronouns. They people like stumble so much. And I think for me I'm quite pronoun positive. As long as somebody either asks the question or is aware of it and has that sensitivity. I couldn't care less what pronoun you use because I know it comes from a good place. So I don't worry yourself so much about the language that you use if I know that it's coming from a good place because it's a stumbling block. And if we don't have that language, then how are we going to communicate? So that's just how I feel. And I think it's the best thing is to ask people what what they... If anyone's questioning it, then ask them. Like, if you've got a question, then just ask. Be as a non-binary person, be open to those questions. Don't respond in a, in a like, a, oh, you misgendered me. Because oh, oh. it may not always be that place. We need to be less offended and, and be more open to these conversations because people want to know. They just don't have the language to express. So I think a lot of people come from a good place. So that's, that's what I would say. If we can get over this barrier of bloody pronouns and just see each other as humans, then that would be the best thing. Yeah. I mean, this week I uh, I went into town for the first time in about a million years. Uh, and uh, in the men's toilet, stood at the urinal, finished me piss, go yeah. wash Milking my hands. Milking your tits, yeah. Dry my hands. And the guy's like, are you are you supposed to be in this toilet? Oh. Yeah, I mean, this, I the am. story of our lives. I mean, how Just long? Just constant. 
have you had that? I mean, my whole life from a child, I, I get, not only do I get abuse from strangers, mm. I also just have that random thing of going into a toilet and people going, you're in, you're in the wrong, t-. telling me, telling me where I can do my shits and wheeze. <laughs> you don't tell me. I was like, if people are going to keep doing this, I'm going to start squatting in the bloody street and doing my shits there if people are getting so offended. Because it's stupid. <laughs> like, who who cares? Like, why why are people so obsessed with where you wee and poo from? Yeah, I mean, my favourite one is, it happens a lot in Gran Canaria. So when I'm coming back from Gran Canaria, I'll be at the urinal having a piece and the men will walk in, look at me and then do that weird... Then walk out. And then they walk out again. Yeah. And I'm like, Mm. listen, I'm stood at the urinal. I'm stood up at the urinal. Come on, guys. Come on. Come on. Just have a wee. Have a wee. The double look. I mean, I I think it's like this non-binary, this trans thing that we could all identify with is the double look, the Mm. the, the double take. (laughs) If people could just stop doing the double take, that would be really good for me because I just want to piss or I want to go get me pasty without people being like, hey, what? Hey, what? Is she they? Like, oh my God, like, leave me alone. But it, it is one of those things, I think. And that's, I think, part of, uh, as a non-binary person, just coming to that place and being like, I mean, whatever. As long as you're not being a dick about it, I yeah. I. I literally do not give a monkey's. Yeah. I just don't care. Because yeah. um, it was. But like, if you do care, if you do care, then speak absolutely. out. You have a voice. Everyone has a voice. And if you know, if people like Haiti Hopkins can oh spout God. shit out of their mouth, then you have your voice. You know, everyone's entitled to an opinion. Absolutely. And, and you started a really good conversation now, so it's fantastic to see. And most oh, people's you. opinion has been that you are fabulous. You are definitely <laughs> one of the most liked uh, characters from this this series. So out of all the others, uh, who are you missing the most? Oh, oh, good question. I'm going to be so boring and just obviously answer Sister Sister and Bimini because, I mean, I'm, I was very close and still close friends with Joe and Estina um before the competition and this and the same with Bimini so um yeah de- definitely sis- sister and Bimini because they're not only are they like genuinely fabulous wonderful great people they are also amazing fabulous wonderful great entertainers as well so and every week I mean seeing the best thing about that week was watching sister sister perform and she, being the star that I know she is so I was just like gratified that she finally got that whole stage to herself to shine because I'm, she's amazing. Oh, that's fantastic to see. You've had loads of love on the internet, as we were saying, um, and you're trending heavily. Oh, every week, darling, every week. <laughs> all the time, all the time. <laughs> uh, one of the things that keeps coming up is you'd rejected the support of the University of Worcester, um, and obviously it was reported previously that they'd upset you um, during the incident. What happened there? But I used to work for the University of Worcester and I was also a student there as well. Mm. And I had an absolutely terrible time with um, homophobic bullying and harassment um, by various colleagues within the department. I raised this in a grievance. Uh, the grievance was then basically taken up by the manager, who was also the friend of the two people that were doing the attacks. So that was all summed up and done and dusted. I was the bad person for going into a workplace for being queer. And they had no reprises, no 
no nothing. There was nothing done or dusted about it. So I was forced out of my job, had to leave and get another job. And um, so I see the other day that they tweet a picture using me from the, the work that I've done with Worcestershire Pride, which, yes, they have funded. Uh, but I don't feel personally they have the right to use my image as my personal relationship with them has never been um, a positive one. And I found it quite disrespectful, really, that I had such a bad time and that they were trying to use my success to their advantage. And I feel like if I've got this voice that people want me to speak out, then I should be speaking about directly the things that have hit me at home. And I mean, it was a terrible time. I had to go through therapy. I had to obviously was forced out of my job. And I don't I don't want to go back there. I don't want to live those memories. They can do what they want. I don't want anything else. But, you know, when I said to them, don't do this, there was no apology, no nothing yet again. They just removed it. So... All right, quick fire round. We're going to do some questions yes. from the people on the interwebs. Oh, um, God. Yeah. All right. So, Amy wants to know, what are the top three things on your bucket list? Oh, a bucket list is like what you want to do with it in your life, right? It is. So, my number one thing I want to do is to um, do either a song or a collaboration with Tori Amos. That's my number one mission. Oh my God, amaze. In life now, which I could get out there and all the Tory fans, I want to work with Tory. That's what I want to do. So that's on my bucket list. Um, I would also love to... Um, I've been working on writing two books, actually. I've had a bit of time on my hands. <laughs> so uh, I have uh, I did a children's show called Fantabulosa for a couple of years. And there was this amazing uh, story that I went into a school and read for a bunch of um, children with special needs. And there was a child who was, had never spoken before. And I, in this session, I encourage all the children to say, fabulous. And um, for the first time ever, this, this child spoke. So I wrote a book in response. And their first word was fabulous. So um, I'd like to get that message and that story out there. Because it it's been one of the most life-changing things that I've ever done. So that would be great. And then my other mission would be to go on... And, uh, you know, dominate the world of television and become the new non-binary presenter. Sorry, <laughs> Davina. <laughs> <laughs> we could do a show together. The non-bine harvesters. Yeah, that's fine. Exactly. Non-bine yeah. harvesters. I'm ready for that. Yeah. The walker <laughs> and the thwarted. <laughs> Excellent. So, Lank so Lanksmith wants to know, well, have, have Worcestershire University been in touch with an apology? That was a no, wasn't it? No. They've no. said nothing to me. But if they want to give me an honorary PhD, I'm more than happy to <laughs> Your <accept>. grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> I think they should as well, to be honest. Now, Magenta... Oh, no. Magneta Fox. Or it could be Magenta Fox, and we've just written it down wrong. <laughs> it sounds glorious. Yeah. she. They want to know... I no no, I don't have a question. I just want Ginny to know that what you did was punk rock and iconic, and I love you for it. <laughs> yes, yes, bitch, rock and roll. You do you, and I'll do me. And if we all just do ourselves, we'll all gonna have a fabulous punk time. Alex Steed wants to know uh, what made you decide to do your signature makeup uh, or makeup over any other style, uh, your Ginny Lemon look. Because I'm Ginny fucking Lemon. I'm going to wear my own <laughs> That's <it>. face. <laughs> because this face needs to be seen. This is your sleep paralysis demon, baby. 
<laughs> now, Samantha Jones wants to know. What? As in Sex and yeah. the City? No, I Sam- don't think Oh, my it God. Is. Celeb friends. Celeb friends. We've got I thought that friends as well. <laughs> um, it could be, or it could be Narcissa Nightshade, because she also uses uh, Samantha Jones. <laughs> I think they're quite sexy, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, <laughs> <What's> the... <laughs> what, what three things would you take with you to an abandoned island? To a desert island, Ooh. what would be the three things you would take? Oh, I would take um, some music in a digital format, obviously, because I could get more songs on. Songs? So I'd have the entire Torre Mos Bjork and Kate Bushback catalogue. Um, I would then take a nice packet of biscuits, obviously pink wafers. I don't care if you think they're a biscuit or not. They are. They are. Um... And then I would take um, a weapon, obviously, because if all if all else fails, you know what I mean. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> Do you have a preferred weapon? Is there a, like a halberd or? Uh... Well, you see, I'm 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 a working class child from the West Midlands, so I always sleep with a weapon next to my bed. I don't know if I. <laughs> And I think this is a very common occurrence in working class people from the West Midlands. So it's kind of predestined because if anyone breaks into the council house, you've got someone to batter them with then, haven't you? So anything that comes to hand, really, it could be anything. Some, maybe something with a, a dual purpose. Yeah, definitely a dildo. Smack around the face and have a lovely time afterwards. <laughs> Oh. So Ginny, what what I know understand that you've been busy because already I've seen a couple of interviews you've done over the past like 24 hours. Um Yes, very so famous, very busy, very famous. I know, and you've been super busy. What can we look forward to from Ginny Lemon? There's lots of stuff going on. Well, of course I'm going to present you with what everybody needs right now, and that is Ginny Lemon's tonic. Oh god, yeah. I've basically written a series of songs and completed with visualettes um which is my tonic for the for the new year i wrote an album after um lockdown um and after well during lockdown after drag race uh, so it's all about the experiences that we've come together and come to learn and my much my song my new brand hit single dropped last night and it's called i'm so offended so if you have been offended by my exit then please watch the video and comment <laughs> below and the next single i've got coming out is called i am over my overdraft which i think in this lockdown everyone can relate to so i'm gonna do that then world domination bit of telly and then i think i'm gonna um Make sure that the uh, the monarchy is then gender inclusive, so I can get some sort of like night dame situation, some you know non gender exclusive. Okay. Perfect, like a duchy. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> like, just like a biscuit. On the yeah. Left hand side as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, don't, don't! You've got me hungry. <laughs> so where can because all of this work we need to find it. So where can I find you online, Ginny? Well, I'm on the um, Dialogram, sorry, Instagram, uh, Twitter, sorry, Twitter, and Facebook. I mean, sorry, um, Facebook. So everything is Ginny Lemon 69 and I'm launching my website in the next couple of months, but um, I can't be asked at the moment, so I've got to pay someone to do that, you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm online or I'm just sat in my bedroom, but don't try and come find me there, no way. As I said, I sleep with a weapon. <laughs> <laughs> 
finally, Ginny, have you got any predictions then? As as it, as the competition stands, as we saw it last night, what um who are your favourites? Well, I have got predictions, but again, I <clears throat> I can't say those on camera. Are you keeping those a secret? True. Um, but um, who are my my favourites to win? Yes, absolutely. Uh, mm, I mean, absolutely. I've got to stay true to my sister, 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 and Bimini Bomboulash. So, but I mean, let's let's face facts. RuPaul has never said Ginny Lemon sashay away. So, I mean, I could still win. Could <laughs> mm, I? Mean, think about the, that. The final, they do their lip sync, and then she goes, <laughs> Ginny uh, Lemon. Uh, Congratulations. <laughs> you are the UK's next drag You'll have to star. tune in, won't you, and find out. <laughs> Ginny, it's been an absolute joy chatting with you today. Thank oh, you I so wish I could say the time. same. <laughs> <laughs> right, gotta go, gotta go. <laughs> well, we have come to the end of the episode. This has been Fierce Slay Talk. You can join us on our journey by following us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at Fierce Slate Talk. And thank you so much for tuning in and listening to us going on. We could talk for hours. And if you enjoyed the show, let your friends know. Go on, spread the word. Be sure to review the podcast as well. Till next time. You want it. You got it. I won't hold back. Come snatch it. Come take it. All yours right off the rack. No wanting, no waiting. You shake me down, you touch it, you taste it. Come take me here and now. Try it and buy at the top of the stack. Bag it and snag it, no need to attack. Instant and present, hit go and play back. Right now, right now. Take it and tame it, walk me to the door. Have it and hold it, you only want more. Live it and love it, you've got it, it's yours. Right now, right now.